0: Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. So glad that you're joining me today, and I hope things are going well for you and that you're taking advantage of the podcasts. we've been doing, uh, you know, a couple of shows really geared toward what's current and I don't typically do that, but I just thought it was really important to be talking about what's going on in our world, especially in our country, in our state, and how it really affects our relationships, how it affects our integrity, how it affects our, uh, affects our emotions, you know, what, what are we really doing here throughout this time? And how are we going to manage this in a godly manner? And so I, I came across, you know, this idea. I, this, um, if you're familiar with this song, Lean on Me. And I thought this would be so appropriate to talk about who are we leaning on? What are we leaning on? Because there's lots of props in our lives that we use to kind of prop ourselves up. And sometimes we start leaning on all the wrong things. Maybe we're leaning on our money or leaning on our appearance. Maybe we're leaning on all of our friends and family, our spouse, our boyfriend, girlfriend. Maybe we're leaning on our kids, you know, maybe maybe we're leaning on substances to get us through this. Alcohol, drugs, marijuana, whatever that may be. And so we really want to think about the first place to be leaning is always going to be on God. That's the first place we want to lean. That's where we want to get so much of, of just our support. And, and because God is such a nebulous being... It's easier to lean on those concrete things because they're, they're tangible. They're right in front of us. We can see them. Now, I do have to give you a little caveat. I don't mind if you lean on your pets because, you know, pets are pets and pets are so helpful. But think about this idea of leaning, who you are leaning upon. So I want you to think about the Lord singing this favorite, famous song, Lean on Me. And here are the words. This says, sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. But if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong. And I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. For it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Please swallow your pride. If I have things you need to borrow... For no one fills those of your needs that you won't let show. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. If there's a load you have to bear that you can't carry, I'm right up the road. I'll share your load if you just call me. So Jesus invites us to call on him in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. So learning to lean on Jesus, to depend and rely and to rest on him is crucial part of our spiritual journey. And more than anything, at this time in our lives, this time in our world, it's critical because this has become bigger than us, much bigger than us. So when we lean on the Lord, he will be our friend and he will help us carry on. Every time you lean back in a chair or in your car against a doorway or a wall, Let it remind you to ask, where am I leaning other than this? Am I leaning on the Lord? Am I taking advantage on how strong and mighty and present he is, that he knows the beginning, he knows the end, he knows everything in between. He knows every moment of every day and where it's leading us. And he is a great help in times of trouble. So Isaiah 41, chapter 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, this is one of my favorite Proverbs, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. How powerful is that? He says, trust in me with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge that you see me and you see me working on your behalf and on the behalf of the ones that you love. And I will direct your paths. I'm going to help you know where to go, how to go, how to make those decisions. What's really the important thing? And so when we think about this, you know, this whole idea of, you know, what are you leaning on? And this this is, you know, one, one of the favorite books in Psalms, Among there's 150 Psalms that we find. And many are helpful. Like we have Psalms 20, the 23rd Psalms, 27th, the 51st, 100th, you know, many of these, we, we hear them, we read them, we may even have them memorized. And Psalm 71 is one example. It's written from the perspective of an older person. And in verse 9 of Psalm 71, it says, Do not cast me off in the time of my old age, do not forsake me when my strength is spent. And Psalm 71 really describes how one person leaned on God and was strongly supported throughout life. And we're invited to do the same. You see, I find the faith and imagery of this psalm, it's really helpful and encouraging. And it starts with, In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. See, isn't that amazing that God is promising us that if we lean on him, if we trust in him, we're not going to be embarrassed. He's not going to pull the rug out from under our feet and laugh at us. He's not going to walk away in the middle. He says, you can lean on me and I will never put you to shame. He's going to be our rock of refuge, a strong fortress. And it goes on to say, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, oh my God, from the hand of the wicked than the grasp of the unjust and the cruel. That sounds kind of like our world right now. The wicked, the unjust, and the cruel. So for you, O Lord, you are my hope, my trust. I have leaned from my birth. It was you who took me from my mother's womb, and my praise is continually of you. So what does it mean to us when we say, you know, for you, O Lord, are, are my hope, my trust. And upon you I have leaned from my birth. So I want you to first notice that this is a first-person speech to the Lord rather than a third-person language about the Lord. So the statement is not the Lord, it's my, it's you. It's you are my hope. And so the psalmist's prayer is expressed in a very personal way as if this is a lifelong friend for him. And let's think about that. Isn't that what God is always professing to say? One of the whole reasons he made humans, he wanted people. What a sense to think that God wants to be there for all of us all the time, a lifelong companion. Never leave us and never forsaking us. We are not to be afraid are discouraged, and so even in the face of difficult circumstances, when really our faith is wavering, and maybe we're kind of hanging on a thread, because you know many of us, and, and I know many of you, are not able to work now, and this is this starts to get very scary if we think that our our whole entire economy is going to collapse. Where are we going to get sustenance? Where are we going to get the things that we need? to support ourselves and the people that we love. And so this is where we don't want our faith to waver and take its cues from the world around us or any of the humans that are running the show right now. That doesn't mean that we don't support whoever is out there on the front lines working for us, trying to make plans, trying to figure all this out. But ultimately, our hope is in the Lord. And when I when you think about the word hope, I want you to understand that this is a confident desire. It's a feeling that something desirable is likely to happen. I mean, don't we need that, right? So for people of faith, God is the so- source of our hope, the source of our confidence that something good will happen or can emerge even from disappointment and heartache. And see, so the psalmist is telling the world, my hope and my trust have been in God since I was young, and I'm not going to stop hoping and trusting now that I'm older. So looking over the course of his life, the psalmist was able to impart all these different spiritual lessons. Because first he says a strong faith and devotion to God is, is not guarantee against problems and complications of life. But we can be confident that he will bring something good from it. And that's amazing, that God can cause good things to come from something bad. Only he can do that. And that is the God that we love and the God that we can trust in. So it, it seems, <clears throat> if you think about this, that this, this, the context of the Psalms, it says that this individual has devoted his life to God. Now, if you are one of those that have not known God very long, or have not been as devoted as you would like to be. I don't want you to think that the psalmist that was devoted to God his whole life was getting better, better treatment than you or I would get. See, God's not a respecter of persons. So when we cry out for mercy, when we cry out for help, God doesn't take an account of our life and decide whether or not he's going to help us. He just hears the cry of his people. The cry of his children. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about leaning and who you are leaning on. I hear the whispers in my well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're tuning in, you can always listen to the entire show on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. You can listen to it in its entirety there. You can also download it and send it to your friends or send it to your phone, whatever you want to do. And so we are talking today about leaning and who you are leaning on and what it means to lean. And this is from Psalms chapter 71, verses 1 through 6. And I I like this pastor. His name is Doug Scalise, and he's from the Brewster Baptist Church. And so I like some of the things that he said about the Psalm 71. So when we were looking at this in this last segment, we talked about what Psalm 71, that it's this example. And it's written in many ways from the perspective of an older person. And so the reason I like that is because, you know, the older that we are in our culture, in some ways, the weaker we may be, but also the more responsibility we probably have. We have more people depending on us. We're not the ones that are depending on someone. So God is saying you have lots of people depending on you. And you have animals, you have pets, you have employees, you have kids, you have spouses, friends, brothers, sisters, families, neighbors, whatever, whoever. So the more people we have depending on us, the more we need to know who we are depending on. Who are we leaning on? And so Psalm 71 really describes how one person leaned on God and was strongly supported throughout his life. And, and God's asking us to do the same. So let's read the Psalms 71 again, and it says, starting in chapter one, I mean verse one, it says, "In you, O Lord, I take refuge; let me never be put to shame." Isn't that amazing? That the psalmist was confident enough in his relationship with God that he said, "Please, God, if I take refuge in you, don't embarrass me. Don't, don't, don't have your words fall on deaf ears and cause me to feel like." I trusted in something I couldn't believe in, right? So he's saying, I ta- that's how he starts out this whole psalms. <laughs> I mean, God is so humble and kind. So he says, Lord, I take refuge, but don't let me be embarrassed. Don't let me be put to shame. And then he says in verse 2, In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. He says, I'm trusting you. Trusting in you, God, please don't turn your ear from me. Hear me. See me. Rescue me. Be the rock of refuge. Be a strong fortress. Save me. And then he declares what he's leaning on. He says, for you are my rock and my fortress. Then in verse 4, he says, rescue me, O God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel. And this is important because as we started this Psalms, we don't really know what he's talking about in terms of needing this help and support and refuge and strength. And so it could be his external circumstances. Like as he says here, he says, you know, I'm needing help here. don't, Don't let me be put to shame in front of these other people. He says, be the rock of refuge, strong fortress for me. And then he goes on to say, rescue me from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel. And so maybe you can, maybe you can really relate to that. Maybe different people in your life have become embittered, <coughs> excuse me, or worried about what's going on. And so they are, they're, they're, their countenance has changed. Their demeanor has changed. And so maybe they're being unjust. Maybe they're expecting things from you that are impossible to be able to, to, to carry through with. Maybe, maybe they are, you know, misjudging you. Maybe they're speaking against you. So he says, the hand of the wicked, the grasp of the unjust and the cruel. So what, what I say to clients all day and what I've said to my friends and my, you know, the, my family is, you know, one of the things that these types of hardships do is they would be considered like the great reveal. Because what does it do? It reveals who you really are. And you get to see others for who they really are. And so this is what he's saying. God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and the cruel, Lord, you are my hope, you are my trust, and you are the Lord from my youth. I learned to depend on you early. Upon you I have learned from my birth. It was you who took me in from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. (laughs) So what does this really mean to us? This means that in every situation since the beginning of time, there have been catastrophic, cataclysmic episodes on this planet. The people had to have, have... had to endure and live through. And so this type of thing, although this is a new one, is still common toward all men. So we see that God is being a constant through our lives from the beginning of time. People have cried out to God, needing the same types of things that we are needing. Not exactly the same. Some of the circumstances in the... The variables may be a little bit different, but the overall theme of what we're going through is the same. And so we can hear from this, this psalmist that he has heard from people before him that God can be trusted. So even in the face of really difficult circumstances, you know, our faith may waver. But Psalm 71 encourages us to hope in God. And hope is this confident desire. It's a feeling that something good is likely to happen or still can happen. So this is where we want to think about. The second part of this psalm affirms that it's God's nature to provide refuge, deliverance, and support. So this is in God's nature. This is the way he is made. This is completely what comes naturally to him. So this is not something that he's going to have to work super hard with. He, this is something that he enjoys doing and wants to do for us. So when you've had, have you ever had trust fall, right, on you? Have you ever had to really encourage someone to be trusting in you? What have you done to do, to, to encourage that trust? Well, you call upon History or past experiences. Well, this is what God is doing. This is what God is saying. He's saying, from the days of old, I have always come through. I will always be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So, have you ever done one of those, what we call trust falls, where, you, where you've had to stand with your back to somebody and just fall straight back and trust that they're, gonna, they're not going to let you drop to the floor? And how scary it is to do that? Well, well, you know, if we're willing to depend on a human to catch us, to have our back, who would we really be able to trust? That would be God. He wants us to fall back on Him. He will catch us. He will not let us fall. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about leaning on God. I hear the whispers in my Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking on today, especially in today's circumstances, what what are we leaning on? What are you leaning on? We all need something, someone to lean on, and I read you some of the lyrics of that famous verse, Lean on Me, and it says, you know, sometimes in our lives we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we're wise, we know there's always tomorrow. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. And it goes on to say, I love this little segment. It says, please swallow your pride if I have things you need to borrow, for no one can fill those of your needs that you won't let show. So you just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. And if there is a load you have to bear that you can't carry, I'm right up the road. I'll share your load if you just call me. <clears throat> so we want to really work on calling out to God and not being embarrassed about that. About however small you think the fear is, how, vi- how cataclysmic you think the, fa- the, the fear is. He is a God of refuge, a stronghold, of very present help in times of trouble. So even if collectively as a nation, as a world, we're not calling on God, we can still have a great ripple effect if we individually or with the group that we, that we have around our community, that we call on God even for the entire world. We can do that. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much, right? And when I used to read that, I used to think, you know, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Well, I'm not righteous. I'm not a man, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so what God really helped me to understand was that the prayer of the righteous is the one that's in Christ. It's not about my behavior. It's not about whether God thinks I'm, I'm worth it or I have this great credibility with God. It's not that. He says, you're righteous because of Christ. And so that's what I see and that's what I hear. So when we think about this and we we look at the verse in Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, it says, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. From gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How beautiful is that? And when we look at Isaiah 41, verse 10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. I'm your God. I'll strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then proverbs chapter 3 5 and 6 it says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding how how significant is that in these times god is saying you're going to lean that's just what humans do horses lean dogs lean cats lean er, er, mammals lean so god says you're going to lean But don't lean on your own understanding. So what he's telling us is don't always believe everything you think. I say this to clients daily. Do you believe everything you think? Do you believe everything you feel? This is what critical thinking is about. We need to not just believe the passion that we might be hearing on the radio or television or that we're reading about. We want to really investigate and we want to ask God for truth. And we want to say, God, you know what's going on. And you knew this was going to happen before I was ever even born. So, Lord, you have the answers because you alone hold the truth because you are truth. And when we seek truth with all our heart, he's not going to disappoint us. So it's imperative that we say, God, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to acknowledge you. And you're going to direct my paths so that I know the route to take, so that I know what I need to be doing when it comes to truly, truly taking refuge in you and taking advantage, God, of what you have to offer me. And so when we think about this, I like to think about in Matthew um chapter 19 verses 13 and 34 it struck me this one day I thought to myself how interesting when we look at this verse when it says then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray and the disciples rebuked the people but Jesus said let the children come to me do not hinder them for the kingdom belongs to such as these so God is saying don't hinder yourself From coming to me. Don't hinder the need to lean on me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about what are you leaning upon. Welcome back. This is Conversations with Cynthia and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, Thank you for joining me today. And we are talking about what do you lean upon? Who are you leaning on? Where do you lean? Because we all lean. We lean on things. And this is, this is why God is saying, who are you leaning upon? Where do you lean? And that this is where we really want our trust to be in the Lord. And so we talked at length in the last couple segments about Psalm 71. So I want to make sure that if you're just tuning in, to really read Psalm 71. It's a very powerful, powerful verse about really leaning on God and not on our own understanding. And we acknowledge His ways. And we have trust in Him. He's our God, He's our refuge. He's a very strong help in times of trouble. So this particular verse I really like, it's Matthew chapter 19, 13, verse 13 and 14. And this is what it says. Then children were brought to him, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom belongs to such as these. So it struck me this one day, I thought to myself, how interesting that we only apply this verse literally, like to little children. So we imagine, we, you know, it's this literal sense that Jesus is talking about children here and that he's saying, you know, don't, don't, that he's wanting us to never hinder the children from coming to him. Well, I, I agree with that. I think that's wonderful. But aren't we all God's children? So when God is saying, come to me, all of you that are weary, heavy laden, I will give you rest, he's seeing us as children. And he's saying, don't hinder, don't hinder the little ones from coming to me. The kingdom belongs to such as these. So he's literally saying to us, the kingdom belongs to those of us who will be as little children to God. And what does that really mean? Does that mean to be immature? No. Does it mean to not take care of our life and just think that God's a magic genie and is going to take care of everything? No. What it means is trust. See, when God wants us to be as little children, he wants us to be free. He wants us to know that we have a father that is taking care of everything for us and that we need to do what our lives are are conducive to doing, which means would I ask a five-year-old to drive me to the bank and deposit my check? No. Would I ask a five-year-old to finish their dinner? Yes. Would I require that a five-year-old use the bathroom now that he's potty trained? Yes. So this is what you want to think about. When God sees us as children, what he's saying to us is, I'm expecting from you what's appropriate for you, and I will do the things that are outside of the scope of what you can possibly even consider doing. So God is saying, just as you with your little children would not expect them to drive a car to the bank and deposit your check or take over for you for a day of work at your workplace because you want to stay home and watch television, God's saying to you, you can trust in me. I am asking you to do age-appropriate things. So many of Jesus's parables were figurative, and they had hidden meanings And so many alluded to the fact that that we must become like children or have childlike faith in order to inherit the kingdom of God. So why do we so easily forget that we are the children of God? We're not all the way grown up. We're not done yet. And so as adults, we come to rely on our own strength, our own wisdom, and, and this means very often that that's the only place we go to is our own strength, our own wisdom. And so that kind of independence is is often lauded in popular media and entertainment and, and in our world. And And so to a certain degree, absolutely. If we're a grown-up, if we have a grown-up body, we want to act as what a grown-up in our world does. But to think that we are somehow grown up with God is ludicrous. So... This is where we may want to just say to us, Wow, God values children. And Jesus called the children to come to him. So just as we would interact with our children, and if any of you do not have children but you have pets, would you give them a, you know, a, a snake if they were needing you know, a, a, a piece of bread? Would you give them a snake? No. No. So this is where God is saying, you can trust me. You can lean on me. I mean, just as everything Jesus said and did was kind of topsy-turvy in the world's view. In heaven's economy, children are very important. He says, for the kingdom belongs to such as these. That's pretty important. God is saying, I want you to trust me like a little child does. They just go to sleep. And they trust that the parents are taking care of things. And if you are one of those that didn't have trustworthy parents, then what you want to say to yourself is, I don't want to project onto God the way my parents failed me and think it's not safe to rely on God. See, this is something that God wants you to remember about yourself today. God sees you as a child and he values you. He loves you. He wants you to come to him. He wants to heal your hurts. And he's saying to those around us, let the children come to me. Do not stop them. Or perhaps, you know, maybe he's reminding you to not hinder another one of his children from coming to him. Maybe you want to encourage the other children, all of us, right, to go to God, to trust in Jesus. So in the message version, of these verses we can glean a lot more and this is what it says one day the children were brought to Jesus in hope in hope that he would lay hands on them and pray over them so the operative words here are in hope this is really important we don't want to steal others hope or discourage them from coming to get help or healing from Jesus we need to encourage each other to seek him first that, that's so important. He says they were brought to Jesus in hope that he would lay hands on them and pray over them. So how many times do we minimize our own pain, our own needs, put them off until later? How often do we see ourselves as little ones and as if we are less important? How often do we neglect to lead someone to God because it doesn't fit our time schedule or our plan? But you know what's so amazing about that parable? Jesus intervened. Hallelujah. Jesus intervenes for us. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us. And so this is how he interceded for those children right there on the spot. He said, let the children alone. Don't prevent them from coming to me. God's kingdom is made up of people like these. It's precious. So he's saying to you and to me, hey, if someone's coming to me, leave them alone. Let them come. Don't prevent them from coming to me. Don't hinder their faith. It's interesting. It's worthy to note. He didn't say children, but people here. See, we are his children, and no matter how, what our age or station in life, we are his children. So people that honor children as Jesus did are authentic. They're real. They're honest people. And that th- I love that when, when, it, when you, we really realize that God is seeing us as all children of His, no matter what age we are, just as we as parents see our children always as our children, no matter what age they are. So the next part of the verse it says, after laying hands on them, he left. So notice he didn't move on to the next thing until he met the need of the child. So we need to take a lesson from Jesus and how we manage how he manages children or us as followers of Christ. How do we manage ourselves? How do we manage others? So above all else, if you can't support yourself. When it comes to to going toward Christ, don't get in the way of others. Let them alone. That's what that verse says. Leave them alone. That's what Jesus said to them. If you're getting in the way, then leave them alone. And so Jesus warns us, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's how seriously he takes anyone that is disparaging someone's faith. That's how seriously he takes it. When we discourage people from going to God, when we say things like, well, if God were really God, would it be happening like this right now? Well, where is he? If God is really God, then where is he? And what I say to people many times is, that's a genuine concern. That's a genuine." I mean, I understand having a crisis of faith. But God wants us to be careful as to how we express that crisis. So he says again, let the children come to me. So before, when let, let's not get, be too quick to dump on the disciples. I mean, they kind of get a bad rap sometimes because they, they were learning the way of Jesus as he was teaching it to him. So we have like thousands of years to study this, Right. So they're in the very beginning stages of of even getting any of this. So let's, let's kind of look at things from their perspective for a moment. So when they're shooing the children away from Jesus, they really thought they were honoring their Lord. They thought they were keeping him from being bothered during his important ministry time. They thought they were serving him. So how many of us in times like this think we're helping, think we're serving someone, think we're being supportive. When really what we're doing is we're causing them to move farther away from God, farther away from us. So think about that. You think you might be serving them. You think you might be serving God. It's possible that there's times that we shoo others away from the Lord while we think we're serving him. It's possible we minimize the importance of the quote-unquote least of these when we should be laying out a red carpet for them to run to Jesus for healing and deliverance. Is it possible that we push away our own problems because we think that serving him means we have to handle everything on our own? Are we causing ourselves to be pushed away from Christ? Are we leading ourselves away from God? He says, let the little children come to me. So I'm saying to you, let yourself go to God. Let that happen, however that happens for you. Whatever that looks like, whatever language you need, whatever that is, just give him your thoughts. Thinking toward God is, is just like praying. Just think toward him. Tell him your heart. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you're fearful about. He says, come to me, all of ye who are weary, heavy laden, I will give you rest. So let's come to him like little children. For the kingdom belongs to such as these. That's Matthew chapter nineteen 14. Let's read it again. Let us come to him like little children. Let's lean on him in times of trouble. He'll be our friend. He'll help us carry on, right? The kingdom belongs to those who come to him as a little child. Bring your burdens, bring your worries, bring your cares. He loves you deeply. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I pray for you this week. And I pray for our country and our world as well. So join me in that. I know you are. And I appreciate that. So God bless you this week. I'll talk to you next week.
0: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember,
1: be your own best version.